I'm Kelsey Hojera, holistic dietitian and your host of the Faith Over Food podcast. The show is for the crunchy women who are tired of the conventional food and medical system. We'll be diving into all things holistic nutrition, herbal medicine, balancing gut and hormone health, women in business, and more. God is number one in my life, so be prepared for the messages of inspiration and arm chills to sneak up. Thanks for being here. Hello, hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Faith Over Food podcast. You guys, I literally cannot believe that my testimony has been published and it's been live for a while. So funny story. And I'm just going to be really honest. I am actually recording this so that I can post this as like a YouTube video and I can also take little snippets. And it's really weird because I'm like looking at myself on Zoom while I'm recording this. So going to have to get used to that. But um, funny story, there was some miscommunication with my um, the guy that edits my podcast. And if anyone is interested in making a podcast and needs a recommendation, feel free to email me. My email is kelsey at kelseyhojera.com. He does an excellent job. And if he's listening, thank you so much, Josh. Um, so anyway, we had a little bit of miscommunication. Um, I had an old podcast that was food and fitness with Kelsey. And I just kept the same platform because it's not necessarily easy to start up an entire new podcast channel. So I kept, and I, I, you know, the people that were listening before, I want them to keep listening ideally. So in order to have a podcast channel, you have to have at least one podcast episode up. And so he went and deleted all of my old ones and uploaded my testimony. And he had told me that, but I didn't quite follow when he said that and messaged or an email. So anyway, my testimony was published, I think, for like two weeks before I even realized it. And in a way, I think God knew that I needed that because in those two weeks from when I recorded the podcast to that period when I found out that it was posted, I was having a lot of just like second guessing, like what I said, like, you know, is this actually going to help people? Did I say something that's wrong? And frankly, I know I cussed a couple of times in it and God hit me recently with like, you know, you should probably work on cussing a little bit. So I'm kind of working on that. Um, so yeah, anyway, and then with the whole cussing thing, I should say for a long time, I mean, probably for about a year, year and a half, maybe two years now, I don't say the D word. Um, I try not to say holy and then the S word. Um, I obviously don't say the Lord's name in vain. So there's a couple of things that I am really on top of just catching if I say it and then like, Lord, I'm so sorry. But the F bomb, I throw out too many F bombs and, you know, I should get a little bit better on that. But hey. If you are a Christian or if you're someone who um, is interested, like knows God or wants to know God, wants to know who Jesus is, um, something that I hope I came across in my podcast was that some people, when they get saved, they have this complete transformation immediately. I don't feel like that's the case for most Christians I've talked to. It's really a huge progression. And that's how it's been for me. I had so much baggage and shame and guilt that, you know, I mentioned when I first got saved and I started going to church, I would just weep 
like cry the entire service because I had so much shame over my manic episodes and what went down and transpired. Um, So it took me like God had to heal. Jesus had to heal that from me before we could get to, you know, saying the F-bomb too much, right? We um, recently, and ideally how I want to start off these podcasts is I really want to give you guys a little bit of insight into like how God's working in my life, um, what sort of things have been going on. And um, I'm not necessarily going to ask that to all of my guests. If there's a guest that I know is a Christian, I'll likely ask them like, hey, you know, how's God been working in your life recently? Um, But for people that I don't know, um, I'm not going to bring that up. Um, obviously that wouldn't be very nice. So, um, yeah, so in my life recently, I have been working a lot on sexuality. So the past like two and a half months have been very emotionally taxing for me because of the healing that has been taking place around my sexuality. Um, it was triggered, um, by an ex following me on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, like all of these emotions popped up and I was like, okay, obviously I never like worked through that trauma and that experience of like, and I don't necessarily want to like claim it as a trauma, but like the experiences that I had around my sexuality growing up and how that impacted me especially when I was in college, um, you know, doing all the Bordeaux shirt shoots, um, craving attention from men. Um, I slept around a lot and, you know, I never really like repented for any of that. Um, and so I was working through a lot of that the past two and a half months and it is incredibly therapeutic. Like I feel so much better now. I feel so much more in my skin. Um, I feel a lot more okay with my sexuality because going through a period where I was like using my sexuality in like a very sinful way. And obviously Satan was using that. And then to go as a Christian, you know, and start recognizing what I was doing in the past, I had this really... I had a lot of tension with my sexuality, if that makes sense. Like I didn't really understand how to feel beautiful without my sexuality being a part of it, if that makes sense. So anyway, um, for anyone that's interested, I read this book called Sex and the Soul of a Woman. It's really, really, really good. Um, She's a Christian therapist. I don't remember what her name is. Um, I had it on my desk, but I moved it. So that was really good, very therapeutic and kind of working through, you know, my past like sexual partners and, you know, why I engage with sex in them, with them, what, you know, how that impacted my relationship with Sam now and so on and so forth. So lots of healing taking place. But this episode is about setting goals. Okay. Um, I might end up reposting this around New Year's because I think it's really important. Um, To be honest, the reason why I'm recording this today, I have been slacking on recording podcasts because I have this one episode, um, Intermittent Fasting for Women's Hormones and Gut Health, that I've been doing a lot of research on. I have my own 
opinion opinion that's backed by science when it comes to intermittent fasting for women in childbearing age. So that's the demographic I generally work with, right? We're looking at like 14 to like, you know, until you get to menopause. That's generally the demographic I work with. And this is a topic I think is really important. And I know that it's not great for women's hormones, but I want to be able to teach you in that podcast, the science behind why that is. And I really want to go super in depth with it. So I've been doing a lot of research into that. And with that being said, I haven't been recording episodes. And so today I wanted to record an episode that um, I already know all the information. I don't have to research anything. And this is actually a talk that I've given a couple times in person. Um, I've given this talk with clients multiple times. And it's about the hierarchy of health goals and really how to set goals. Um, Something else with helping me stay motivated to record podcast episodes. I've set a time on Fridays to record them. And I recently, I don't want to say I quit drinking coffee because I'm not saying you can't ever have coffee, but I'm not drinking coffee every day. I'm only drinking it on occasions. And I decided that Fridays will be my coffee day. So I had some Starbucks points that were going to expire. So I'm drinking a cafe misto that is half coffee, half steamed milk. And then I like to get a scoop of their vanilla bean powder in it. I'm just give a little bit of extra flavor. It is delicious. And I've added a lion's mane tincture. So cheers. Okay. I feel like I'm rambling. So let's get to the point. So if you're watching this on YouTube, um, I do have a little graphic. Um, if you're watching on the podcast, you don't really need to see the graphic to understand what I'm talking about. So before we get to that graphic, though, there is the most important part of making positive changes in your life. It's two things. One, it's to make the choice that you are going to make those changes, okay? Improving your health doesn't just happen overnight. It's not going to be something that you do, you commit to like a 20-day challenge and then all of a sudden your life is changing. This needs to be a commitment to yourself and to really creating the habits that are going to help you to make those changes. So make the choice now. Like I am going to become healthier. This is a lifelong journey. This isn't 20 days. Okay. And when you look at it as a lifelong journey, there's no rush. Okay. And I think that's the problem a lot of people have with their health journey, right? They'll be like, oh, I have a wedding coming up. I really want to lose weight for, or, um, on the gut health side of things, a lot of people will be like, you know, I went to the GI, you know, this has been going on for years and they're not finding anything wrong with me. And they kind of expect everything to be fixed within like a short period of time, just taking some supplements. No, it really has to be lifelong changes. Same with like fertility. Like if a lot of women won't address their hormones until their hormones get super bad or until they can't get pregnant and then expect that they're going to get pregnant in a month, two months, when really we want to look at lifelong. So I don't know where you're at, but start now, okay? There's not going to be a better time. I don't care what is going on in your life. You can start making positive changes for your health today, okay? 
And another thing that's really important before we get into, actually, there's two things before we get into the hierarchy of health goals is faith. Okay. This is the most important part of every single health and healing journey is having faith that you are going to see improvements, that your health is going to improve, that you are going to reap what you sow because that's how nature works. Okay. I don't know if anyone here listening to this gardens, but I'm a gardener. Um, I've been a gardener for two years now, and I feel like gardening has taught me so much about life. And it's pretty neat because the Bible actually uses a ton of references about planting and gardening and harvesting and things of that nature. And so as I read the Bible and as I'm in my garden, this is making me emotional. Like there's just such this connection and through through gardening, I've gotten so much closer to God. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, I literally have tears in my eyes right now. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, you are going to reap what you sow. If you are planting these seeds and something else to keep in mind that I tell clients a lot, when you're first starting a journey to get closer to God, to improve your health, um, to improve your relationships, to be a better steward, to be a better worker, you are planting seeds and seeds get planted in the dark. Okay. They don't have any light. They are trying to reach up towards the light. And I'm giving you this metaphor right now because when you're trying to improve your life, realize that Satan does not want you to do that. Satan wants you to stay stuck, stay sick, stay away from God, questioning you know, are things ever going to get better? Am I going to be here forever? That's what Satan wants. He doesn't want you flourishing, but God knows that if you plant those seeds and you water them and you cultivate it, that eventually you're going to reach the light. Okay. And if you prune, okay, when, when, when Satan comes in and tries to plant weeds next to you, or um, just with like tomato plants, you have to cut the suckers off to actually produce fruit or more fruit. If you're pruning these things that are coming up in your life when they're triggered, similar to how I was just triggered sexually, I could have just let that sit and manifest and some nasty things could come up, could have come out of it. But instead, I was like, no, I need to address this head on. Okay. So I'm pruning the things that don't need to be in my life. And by doing that, you are going to produce fruit. Okay. And the fruit is the blessings that God is bringing into your life and that the blessings that you get to give to others. So anyone that gardens knows when you plant, usually you way over, you way underestimate the amount of fruit that you're going to get. So let's give the example of like beans, cucumbers, and tomatoes. You always way underestimate, uh, underestimate. And then you have all of this extra fruit that you're knocking on your neighbor's doors and you're like, hey, you want any cucumbers? Hey, I made some pickles. I There's no way I'm going to eat all these. You want some, right? And so that's the beauty of pushing through and having that faith, knowing that the fruit is going to come. Whew. I feel like I can retire this episode on that note. I don't know who needed to hear that today, but just keep pushing on, keep watering yourself and keep pruning what doesn't need to be there. And I'm telling you, if you continue to do this year after year after year, there's no telling where you're going to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And whatever you imagine, God is going to make it better. 
Okay. So step one in any goal that you have is you need to be able to imagine yourself improving. Have faith that what you reap is going to sow. God is going to pour blessings into your life. You just need to do your part. And for those that aren't believers, you still need to have faith, okay? There is a lot of research that looks into outcomes in hospital settings. And people that have like similar clinical patterns in a hospital, if one of them is depressed versus someone that's optimistic, the person that's optimistic does better, okay? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being depressed, okay? But you can be depressed and still have faith versus being depressed and without faith. There's actually a really great YouTube video. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, I found it. So it's a TED Talk and it's Depression and Spiritual Awakening, Two Sides of One Door by Lisa Miller. I have chills just even saying that because last year... For those of you that don't know, I'm just going to briefly go over this. I went through a really hard year with my health. Um, January of 2021 started off with COVID. And I got COVID pretty bad for being like, quote unquote, a healthy person. And then I got a concussion. And then I went through this really terrible gut healing journey. My hormones were also all out of whack and I was sick for a majority of the year. I wasn't able to work very much. And then my Audi blew up. I had a loan out on this beautiful Audi. It was really exciting. That blew up. And then I was like $6,000. Luckily, Sam was able to help me. Um, But yeah, he loaned me out $6,000. And then um, we were going to move into a house and the house had mold. So we had nowhere to live and we had to move out in three weeks. So we ended up moving into an RV, lived in an RV for like eight months. And so, and again, I'm barely able to work. Really, really hard year, okay? That was the second hardest year of my life behind going through my manic episodes, but it was also the most therapeutically healing year of my life. Okay. Not only did I learn so much about gut health and hormones, and now I have that knowledge to pour into my clients and to you all that are listening. Um, I also healed a lot from the, you know, spiritual, emotional, and my past trauma side of things, because going through a really hard year like that brought up a lot of the similar emotions that I went through um, when, and thought patterns that I went through when I was manic. What was my point in telling you that? Oh, okay. the, The spiritual waking. So I listened to that YouTube TED talk and it like changed my life and changed my perspective in such a beautiful way. So she talks about when people are depressed and they have faith in God, that God is going to come through and um, he is going to, you know, help them persevere and that the blessings are coming and so on and so forth that their brain actually grows when they are depressed versus people that are depressed without faith, their brain will actually shrink and start to deteriorate. So have faith people. All right. I'm so happy I'm recording podcasts again, you guys. Like sometimes I get in my head about, and I think everyone goes through this like imposter syndrome, especially like in the health coaching space. Um, 
you know, if I have like a client that maybe isn't getting the results that we hope for, sometimes I'll get in my head like, oh my gosh, am I really like helping people? And then all of a sudden a client will reach out and, you know, she's like, oh, my depression's cleared up. I'm feeling so much better. And, you know, I'm pooping daily, and no diarrhea. And um, yeah. And then you have to remember things like that. So anyway, I just feel like when I'm recording these podcast episodes, I'm like, ah, I just like get these moments where I'm like, I know that that hit somebody. So yeah, exciting. All right. So we're going to go over the hierarchy of health goals now. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, um, you will be able to hopefully see this image. Um, if you are watching or listening on the podcast, it's totally okay. I'm going to do my best to make sure that you understand this. Okay. So again, I really need to update this just because I think at the very bottom, it really needs to say faith. Like faith needs to be the most important thing. So for the people on the podcast, basically I have a triangle. If you think about the food pyramid, it's it's similar to that. We're at the bottom, you have like the biggest thing. So it's the thing that you want the most of, and then you kind of work up. This is a little bit different though. How I explain this to clients and when I've given presentations over this is when you work on the bottom, it helps the top but the top's not the main focus, okay? So I'm gonna go over really quickly what's on it and then we're gonna dive into the um, a little bit more nitty gritty. So on the very, and I just wanna say something because I brought the food pyramid. The food pyramid is literally bull crap. I don't know if crap's a cuss word, but <laughs> we're gonna say it's not because I, I gave a better, I gave you all a better option. Okay. So again, I need to fix this, but on the very bottom should be faith. Faith is the most important thing. All right. I hope I made that clear. And then a step up from that is healthy mindset. I guess faith could go in there. Faith could go with having a healthy mindset, healthy relationship with food and your body. Then a step up from that, we have stress management and sleep hygiene. And then we have diet quality and movement. Then a step up from that, we have optimal gut health, hormone levels, metabolism, and nutrient levels. And then a step up from that, we have weight loss, body body recomp, so, you know, changing your body composition, and performance goals. Okay. So, going to the bottom, what is a healthy mindset? Why is it so important? So, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she is a... Um, psychologist that is super duper fantastic. You know, I will give you guys a lot of names, a lot of recommendations on this podcast, and she is one that I will likely refer to um, on multiple occasions. She has a really good podcast, uh, Cleaning Up the Men- Your Mental Mess, and she has a book as well. And she was the person that pioneered the idea that you actually can change your brain and you can change your thought process and you can change your outcomes. So the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that came because people literally used to think that you couldn't change your mind. They thought that if someone committed murder, that they were always destined to do that, that nothing really could have changed that, that it was just ingrained in them and it was going to happen. She was like, that doesn't make sense, right? Like, let's look into that. So she is the one that developed the 
sci- I guess, did the science stuff, <laughs> did the research, there we go, on what's called neuroplasticity. So that's the idea that you can literally change your brain and change your thoughts, change your mindset, and therefore change your outcomes. So she explains it this way. You have about 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, okay? A majority of those thoughts are negative, and a majority of them are repetitive. So most of the things that you think every day, you think that all the time, okay? You think that most days, and it's generally geared towards being negative. And the thing that I think is helpful with this is understanding that that's just the way our brain is geared to work. There used to be... And I honestly, if I went to the spiritual side of this, you know, the fall, right? Like once, you know, you know, Adam and Eve ate the apple um, and the fall happened, like we were able to see all the evil. And so I think that it's, you know, part of the curse that we're kind of geared more towards the negative from an evolution standpoint, people say that it's, it was beneficial for us to think negatively because we were able to see danger coming. And so we were able to evolve out of that so whatever whatever way you want to choose to believe it um but yeah so you have these thoughts and then because you're thinking certain things you feel certain ways right I mean if you wake up in the morning and you get a notification or even if nothing bad is on your phone when you wake up in the morning and you're immediately on your phone scrolling social media that's not a very positive place to be. Maybe subconsciously you're comparing yourself to other people and, you know, oh, whatever it is. And you're reading your emails. That's not really a very, you're already stressed about your day that's going to take place. Well, you're, th- okay, I didn't say this very well, but you're thinking about certain things. Like you're thinking about your day ahead of time. You're thinking about all the stuff you have to get done. You're thinking about how you woke up late. So then you feel stressed. Just one example. And because you're thinking these things and feeling stressed, your outcome or your actions are going to be predetermined based off of that. So maybe that means you don't eat breakfast. You just grab a coffee. You forget to pack your lunch. So you have to go out, run out and grab something. And then you get home. You're in a bad mood because you haven't ate enough during the day because your day's been stressful and you haven't handled your stress. So you get in a fight with your husband and then your kids are annoying you and they're like, oh, this sucks. I don't want to do the dishes. You go to bed and then you wake up and it's just this whole repetitive thing. Okay. So what I'm the point I'm trying to make here is that your actions are based off of your thoughts. So the only way that you can actually change your life and and make habits and create this future that you want you have to start with your mindset okay and so there are some ways to change your mindset there are going to be a lot of podcasts that come out in the future where we talk about this and i actually have a friend um really really um great christian friend who's a therapist it might be fun to have her on here um talk about trauma because as a health coach, I can help people develop healthier habits and healthier mindsets. What I can't do is help you unpack your trauma and reprocess that in a more positive way. That's really where therapy comes into play. So I really like, you know, partnering with therapists and a lot of my clients see therapists, which I think is really awesome. So 
Anyway, some things that you can do to have a healthy mindset. Um, if you are a Christian and you are not in the word, <clears throat> by in the word, I mean read the, reading the Bible, that is one of the first things I would highly encourage you start doing. It will change your life. When you are in the word, it is going to challenge you. It is going to cut deep. There's actually... It's in Hebrews. I have it written in my journal. So this is Hebrews 4.12. And it's for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we all like to believe, right, that our thoughts are pure, our intents are pure. But the Bible will really give you, will really hit you. I mean, that's what God does, right? He wants us to be more like Jesus and open up ourselves to be more like him, which that was the way things were always meant to be before the fall, right? And so I just read this recently and I thought it was really good. So this is in Proverbs 16, 2, 3. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Okay, so, and then there's that, um, I think this is in Romans 2. It's, um, for we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And then there's in Luke, um, and then Jesus said, for... Then Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. I think that like there's so much evil in the world and some people know that they're committing evil and, you know, maybe maybe they're, you know, um, demon oppressed. I think most people, though, truly think that they're doing good. And that's where the Bible comes into play. Right. Because like it said, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so you might think that what you're doing is good and helpful, or there's nothing wrong with the way you're viewing things. And you know, that's the thing with my sexuality. Like I wasn't my, I wasn't acting very often on those suppressed, like sexual thoughts from when I was younger. Like I wasn't posting things that were derogatory. Like I wasn't really doing much. And most people wouldn't realize that that was something I was struggling with, but then being in the word and, you know, getting hit with that thing, you know, follow from my ex and all that, I realized like, oh, crap, like this is something that I'm still dealing with. And yeah, so if you're not in the Bible, that's one of the best things you can do for your mindset is what I'm trying to say here. Um, if I get asked this question a lot, like Kelsey, where do you recommend people start if they've never gotten in the word before? The Gospels are really good. I would highly encourage reading Matthew or John. Um, John the Beloved, that's what he calls himself. Um, and so that that's a good one to help you understand that like Jesus loves you so much. And then I, Matthew was actually the first gospel I read just because it was the first one in the gospels. And that, that one is for sure still my favorite. I absolutely love Matthew. Um, I also really like Proverbs. So you could always start off reading like one proverb. Um, and then like one proverb a day and then reading a little bit of, um, the gospel or one of the gospels. So, um, some other things that you can do to support a healthy mindset, um, gratitude. So, um, 
I like to have my clients do gratitude journaling. If, if they're really struggling to get into a routine of stress management, a five-minute gratitude journal is one of the easiest things. Um, it's just super simple. You just take five minutes, think about things you're grateful for, um, You know, maybe do some affirmations, and then go on with your day. And I highly encourage whenever... You can do these things anytime during the day. But back to what I was saying earlier, how you start your day is going to impact the rest of your day. So if you can take five, 10 minutes in the morning to do something to support a healthy mindset, that's going to impact the rest of your day. And you're going to find that you feel better um, mentally. And that's the most important because when you feel good mentally, your actions are going to, you know, reflect that. Um and even again, I know I said, you know, start with the gospels, maybe read one proverb. If you only have time, you think you only have time. And I say think because we have a lot more time than we think we do. We're just not managing it well. Um, just read a proverb. I mean, it'll take you five minutes. You could take five minutes to read a proverb. Okay. So you can also meditate. Um, I really like I, I know stretching isn't really like a mindset thing, but sometimes we just need to be alone with our thoughts. So sitting outside without your cell phone, without, you know, anything playing in your ears and just let yourself think is really helpful too. Okay. So healthy relationship with food and body. We're moving on to that. So that is incredibly important. If you don't have a healthy relationship with your body and with food, it just makes being healthy incredibly challenging, right? Because you're always mentally questioning what you're eating you're always doing being healthy for the wrong reasons. I one of the biggest shifts I have my clients make is not focus on weight loss, focus on health. So we do not focusing on weight loss does not like if you're losing weight that does not equate to being healthy. Because you can lose everybody knows how to lose weight. Everybody's done a fad diet, everybody's done a 7-day cleanse. And I don't say everybody, if you haven't, don't do it. But most people have done a seven-day cleanse. Um, you know, I've done crazy things when I was younger to try and lose weight. And of course, they worked. But was I being healthy? Absolutely not. If anything, it <clears throat> made me less healthy because I wasn't nourishing my body. And mentally, it messed me up because I was having all these weird confusions about my body <clears throat> and about what it especially my confidence, right? Because you you try to do these crazy diets, they don't work long term. And then you feel defeated, you feel like a failure, you're like, oh, everybody else seems like they can do it. Why can't I which is actually not true. People, the media, and luckily, this is shifting. A lot of people have talked about this. And there's a big culture shift around like fad dieting sucks, like diet culture sucks. So luckily, it's not as big of a thing anymore. Um, but it used to be obviously super huge of like, this is the diet they did. This is the new diet. Follow this, low fat, blah, blah, blah. And all that's BS. It's literally all BS. So we're going to jump up to the next thing, stress management, sleep hygiene. So stress is the main contributor of disease. Okay. I'm going to repeat that. Stress is the main contributor of disease. So if you were to ask me, Kelsey, what's more important, what I eat or managing my stress, I would 100% say managing your stress because, okay, again, stress is the main contributor to disease. 
And when you're really stressed out, it makes eating very challenging. So when you're stressed, it causes a um, increase in your craving for calorie dense food, quick foods, and it decreases your appetite for nutrient dense foods that you know you need to take more time to prepare. So getting your stress under control is incredibly important. But the good news is, is doing those things to support your mindset helps stress management. Um, and then there's a lot of easy things that you can do to support stress management. Maybe I should do a whole podcast over stress management and you know stress and all of that. I think I'll do that. And then the next is sleep hygiene. So and I could probably do a whole podcast over sleep. Um, but sleeping is so stinking important. The whole idea of like, you know, you can sleep when you're dead is so dumb. Okay. You need to sleep now if you want to be the most healthy and productive that you can be. So getting eight hours of sleep a day. If you, um, exercise a lot or you're sick or you're dealing with gut issues or hormone issues, you might actually need more sleep than that. And that's okay. So I never think that you should question how much sleep you're getting a night. If anything, if you're needing like 12 hours of sleep a night, that should be a sign that like, wow, what is going on? And it's different. Like if you got four hours of sleep one night of the week and then you're catching up on sleep and you need 12 hours, that's different. I'm talking about consistently. If you need like 10 to 12 hours of sleep at night, that should just be a red flag. Like what's going on in my body that my body needs to heal from that I need so much sleep because that's how I was last year. Um, and I actually had a doctor that was like, sleep as much as you need to and as much as you want to because it's healing. That's when your body regenerates and it heals. And especially with concussions, um, concussions, healing, it's really important to get a lot of sleep to let your brain heal. So get your sleep. Again, I could do a whole podcast on this, on the importance of it. Just know it's incredibly important. And yeah. Okay. Um, next up is diet quality and movement. So these two kind of go hand in hand. If you were to ask me which one I think is more important, I would, I would say it depends what you're talking about with movement. I would say diet quality and like just getting light movement. I would say those are equal. If you were to ask me about like actual working out, like running and resistance training versus your diet, I would definitely say diet's way more important. So in terms of diet, I have changed my viewpoints on this a lot over the years. And frankly, like a lot of what I was taught becoming a dietitian um, some of it's just not true, which is really sad. Um, I could probably do, I would need to do more research into this um, and bring on some people to help explain. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of issues with the start of nutrition science in general. There was a lot of paying off. So there were Harvard scientists that were paid off. I believe it was in the 80s. Um, and we didn't find this out, I don't think, until kind of recently maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah, they were paid off to say that sugar wasn't the problem, it was fat. So sugar wasn't sugar wasn't causing um, issues with um, heart disease and issues with blood pressure and issues with you know, diabetes. It was fat, which is absolute BS. And that's kind of what prompted the sugar craze. And it's really sad because the American Heart Association still has a lot of their recommendations based off of 
these passings. And the American Heart Association actually accepted, I think it was a hundred thousand dollar, um, hundred thousand dollars back in a really long time ago. And this was before they were really even established. They accepted a hundred thousand dollars to start promoting um industrialized seed oil. So there's just a lot of things that are kind of messed up and backwards. So in terms of diet quality, this is something I'm going to definitely bring people on to talk about. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Ancestral Kitchen podcast. Andrea and Allison are excellent. I'm on their Patreon and um, I really would love to have them on at some point, just kind of dive into ancestral eating. But that's the way that I eat 80 to 90% of the time. Um, I eat whole foods, um, good animal sources, a lot of bone broth. Um, I do use lard, butter, <clears throat> um, some olive oil. Um, I eat raw, I drink raw milk. I try to get as much raw dairy in, but sometimes I just, you know, it's kind of hard to find. So um, I do occasionally enjoy my Starbucks with my pasteurized milk and whatnot. So um, I eat locally as much as possible. Um, I try to eat all organic. I have my garden. Um, I get a lot of food from. So the thing I will say on the whole diet quality thing and that I tell my clients is just and I also want to back up also getting in fermented foods. Um, so, you know, I make my own, some of my own ferments and I'm going to slide this in here right now because we're talking about it. Cultures for health. Um, that's where I get my starters to make my own ferments. So what ferments are is they are foods that contain probiotics and you can make them from home. And so this is a really great way of getting in probiotics. It's a great way to save money and probiotics support healthy gut microbiome. So um, yeah, so you can get like sourdough starter there. You can get water keeper starters. You can get cheese making kits, um, water keeper or milk keeper, um, just so many different things. Um, you know, you can get something to make sour cream, which is very cool. And I have a link below. If you use that link, um, I do get a little bit of a kickback. And so that's a great way to support me if you like this podcast and you like what I'm sharing with you. So Cultures for Health is awesome. Um, oh, okay. So I forgot where I was at. So something I tell my clients and something to remember is you just want to start. Okay. I just gave you all of these things that I eat most of. And if you were like, oh my, and if, if this whole podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. This is so many things to do. You don't have to do everything at once. Okay. You might be someone like me though, that when you get an idea in your mind that you're like, oh, I got to go full force. I'm full throttle. I'm going to try and do everything. Um, which is okay. Just pick like a couple things um, because you're going to get yourself burned out, which is not good. And I actually burned myself out over the summer because I started a garden. I decided to start learning to can. I want, I was trying to learn to do sourdough and do breads. I started homemaking a ton of food and trying to do everything primarily homemade. What else was I trying to do? Oh, I started learn to make ferments. I was just doing all of these things. And yeah, I got a little bit burned out towards the end of summer and I was like, oh, I just don't want to do anything. So, and then frankly, like it also, when you get burned out, that's because you're pumping your cortisol levels high and then your body will start to be like, okay, these cortisol levels are too high. We'll take your cortisol, convert it to cortisone, which makes you, it's the inactive form of cortisol. So then it kind of forces you to slow down. 
Um, <clears throat> so being burned out is not good. You don't want to be burned out in the long run. So what I'm trying to say here is based off of this podcast episode, start from the healthy mindset, but pick, pick up one to two things at a time. Get, give yourself about a week, two weeks of doing that consistently and then look at, okay, what's the next thing I can add in? That's actually 100% what I recommend to my clients. We make two, one to two goals, three goals at the beginning. They get really consistent on that. And then we add in the next thing. Um, and then also on the diet quality, drink your freaking water, okay? You need about um, half half your body weight in ounces of water per day. Make sure that you're getting in electrolytes, that salt, potassium. Get a good salt. I like Redmond sea salt. Okay, that's that's all I got on diet quality. So, oh, and then something else I tell my clients, obviously, like it would be so awesome to be able to afford all organic, all grass-fed, grass-finished, all pasture-raised, um, you know, all raw dairy. It would be so awesome to be able to afford that. but. That's not the case for everybody. And frankly, that's not even the case for me and Sam. We are doing the best that we can. And ideally, we hope to continue to expand and learn different ways of saving money so that we can afford, you know, and ideally, as we get older, you know, our incomes go up, you know, we'll be able to afford more of those high quality things. So just start with the best that you can do. And really eating in season, I would say was one of the best ways of saving money. When you go to the farmer's market, um, whatever's in season is generally super cheap. Like you can get a whole palette of tomatoes for really cheap right now and you can freeze them, make soups with them, save those soups, whatever you want to do. But, um, I'd highly encourage looking into that. Okay. Movement, just move your body every day for women and for men, but for women in particular, I'd highly encourage resistance training twice a week. Um, but really just focus out initially, just move your stinking body. If you've been sitting for a while, get up and move. Um, the next step from there is optimal gut health, hormones, metabolism, and nutrient levels. So just to kind of recap, when you're working on these bottom things, everything else improves. So when you're working on your stress management, when you're sleeping better, when you have a better relationship with food and your body, and then you start on your diet quality, especially if you know you start on like a gut healthy diet, your gut health, your hormone levels, your metabolism, and your nutrient levels are all going to be improving, okay? All going to be improving. So it's just that, you know, if you're kind of, you, you can be doing multiple things at one time, don't get me wrong, but getting into the nitty gritty of gut health and hormones, there's a lot of things like doing castor oil liver packs are really great. You know, I'm a huge fan of coffee enemas, you know, doing different supplements. It's just those things maybe aren't the most important if your lifestyle is terrible. So when I start working with someone, I really address like, where are they at right now? And what do we need to be focusing on? Like I had a client once that she was eating out for all of her meals. She ended up being, I helped her with labs to get, and she ended up being diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And she also had Giardia, which is a parasite. For her, I'm not going to start at like, hey, let's do some castor oil liver packs, right? I'm like, hey, let's work on meal planning. Let's work at, on eating at home for more, more often. Let's work on your sugar cravings, getting those down. Let's work on stress management. And she was a night shift worker. So I was like, okay, let's work on sleep hygiene, where I have another client who 
Um, she's a dietitian and, um, um, she has a really great diet. She's obviously very knowledgeable on food. Um, she manages her stress well, she sleeps well. So we're in the nitty gritty of gut health with her. Okay. So you can't like you, you can, and I, I do recommend like if someone, that one client, I would recommend supplements for her, especially like a good multivitamin and things of that nature to help meet, you know, um, fill in the gaps, but you can't just jump right up to gut health hormones and nutrient levels and be supplementing and doing all of these like nitty gritty things. I wouldn't jump to that if you're not sleeping well and your lifestyle is absolute dog crap. Okay. I said crap probably now at this point, like five times this episode. So if if that's a cuss word, I'm so sorry. If I'm offending you, sorry. Keep listening though. I hope you're getting something out of this. So next up from there is weight loss, body recomp and performance goals. Okay. So I don't know who needs to hear this. But you should not be focusing on losing weight if your hormones are out of whack, if you're bloated all the time, if you have a terrible relationship with food, if you're stressed out to the max. Weight loss is not the most important. Or if you've been fad dieting for years, that's going to mess up your metabolism. Weight loss is not very important. Okay. What's important is that you get your lifestyle in place. You learn all these things that I'm talking about. You get all that implemented. And then what tends to happen is your body will, because your body's functioning properly, ideally you should, your body should be able to drop the weight that's not good for you. I say should just because there's a lot of underlining issues that could be impacting someone's ability to lose weight that sometimes takes a long time to uncover and reveal And I have a client right now that pops to mind. We've been working together for quite a long period of time. um, I think about a year and a half. (coughs) And um, she just has, a, I think, a lot of toxicity. Um, She might, she has like viral issues. She had Epstein-Barr and that was a huge thing in her healing journey. And so um, she just has a lot of toxicity that we're trying to work through. So that makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, Yeah, so... Most of the time, though, if people aren't, if people's health isn't as out there, weight loss should come pretty naturally as you're addressing everything else. Same with recomp, body recomposition and performance goals. So um, last year during my healing journey, I had really bad exercise intolerance and exercise has been a huge part of my life since I went through my manic episodes that became a really big coping mechanism for me. Um, a way for me to just like cash out mentally and just, you know, it became really important to me. And frankly, part of it was for the wrong reasons, but part of it was because I really needed that outlet. Last year was really hard because I was barely able to work out. Um, I I had a hip injury that wasn't healing because of my body. Your, your body can't heal when you're dealing with gut issues, you're deficient in things and so on and so forth. I keep saying and so on and so forth going to work on that. But I was barely able to work out. My hip wasn't recovering, even though I'm going to physical therapy. Um, And I would try to work out and it would make me fatigued for days. 
And so I had to be really, really cautious of how I exercise and stuff. But now it's a year and a half later and more than a year and a half later, and I am training for a Spartan race and I'm able to run a couple of times a week. I'm able to lift. My hip is doing much better. I'm not getting that pain. And so, yeah. So that is what I've got for you guys today on the hierarchy of health goals and goal setting strategy. Um, <clears throat> actually, I have one more thing. You know, it's a long podcast and stuff, but this part is really important. So based off of all of these things that I'm saying, it's really important that you first, you set your long-term vision. I said that at the beginning, but like, think about where you want to be in the long run. And there's also like multiple areas of your life that impact your health that I don't want you to forget. It's not just health that impacts. It's not just doing healthy things that impact your health. And what I'm trying to say here is the typical healthy things. So having good relationships is important. Um, communicating with your husband well is important. Your family's important. Your spiritual life's important. Doing things for the community is important. Um, your financial health is important. What else? There's a couple other things. Um, we're going to leave it at that because I'm forgetting some of the other things. All of those things, though, impact your health. Again, the good relationships thing. COVID um, was a really big factor for a lot of people that is a good example of this. When we don't have social interactions, it actually impacts our gut microbiome. Um, we have less diversity and more gut dysbiosis. Essentially, what that means is you have bad bacteria growing, not as much good bacteria that's supposed to be there. That happens when we don't have good social interaction. So think about your health as a whole, not just what I can do that I typically think of for health, if that makes sense. But yeah, you want to envision and have like that vision of where you want to be. So that's called, I'm trying to remember, I'm losing my train of thought. Those are called outcome related goals. Yeah, outcome and then, I'm going to pause this for a second. I'm going to look it up. Okay, so I was right. So yeah, you want to have that vision of where you're going in the future. And those are called outcome related goals. So an example of this would be, <clears throat> I want to be having <laughs> daily bowel movements. I want my bloating to be gone. I want my hormone levels to be in check. I want no more PMS. Um, I want to have a healthy relationship with food. Those are all outcomes, okay? You want to have a vision of that. And, you know, I would highly encourage journaling this. Take some time to write this down. But having an outcome that you want to achieve doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get there, okay? So you have the vision, but you need to have the actions in place to get there. That's called behavior-based goals. So this is what you want to be focusing on a weekly, monthly basis is what are the behaviors that you need to do to get to these goals? And you can also think of this as what habits do you want to develop so that you can have good health. Okay. So those are the things I was kind of telling you while we were talking, right? It might be, you know, I'm going to read 
in the Bible three days a week. It might be I'm going to go on a walk on my lunch breaks a couple days a week. Um, I'm going to cook dinner every night. I'm going to pack my lunches. I'm going to eat actually eat breakfast. Okay. So those are the things that you actually want to be focusing on a day to day. I'm telling you, you sow those seeds and you will reap. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Faith Over Food podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Hojera. Um, if you <clears throat> if you like this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple and on Spotify. So that really helps me in my rankings. It helps so that more people find this podcast. And to be honest, it when when you leave me a review and you leave comments, it truly makes me incredibly happy to know that these episodes are helping you out. So I would appreciate that so much. Um, if you're interested in working with me or in you know following me on social media, all of those. Things are going to be linked below. I also have a gluten-free gut healing. I can't even talk right now. Sorry. I have a gluten-free gut healing guide that is also um, on my website. I will put a link to my website and you can sign up there. And then you'll be added to my email list if you do that. Um, Every Friday, I send out a... I try to do it every Friday. But it's a Faithful Fridays newsletter where I give you my favorite thing of the day. I tell you an uplifting message that includes a scripture and I share a healing habit. So all that is linked below and I hope you have a great rest of your week. And again, thank you for tuning in.